Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Where you can master the art of enriching your life. What kind of kindergarten shit is this? And finding a path to financial freedom. Who the fuck was supposed to teach me how to do my taxes? So sit back, relax, and step into the Rich Room. You know I can't help these because they know they can never touch these. Hello, everyone. How the hell are you? Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. I don't know if I should drink and podcast more often or never again. Last week was a really hard episode to get out. Not because of the content, because it was just fucking hard. I had several unforeseen technical difficulties that I had to navigate, but the circumstances pushed the podcast out two days late, and I apologize for that. I'm a work in progress, y'all. So, drinking and podcasting was fun, but I waited to edit until the next day, and editing a little hungover is not recommended, let me tell you. Do you remember how I told y'all that I was having a problem about eating meat and cheese, you know, because of that documentary? I no longer have that same problem. When I woke up after drinking and podcasting, I was a little hungover, my head hurt, I had a funky taste in my mouth, I was parched, and I was really, really hungry. And I wasn't craving plant-based food either. I swear, as soon as I rose out of bed hungry and hungover, it's like the vegan left my body. Because in order to muster up the strength to edit episode 22, I had to nourish my body with McDonald's breakfast. I got the sausage McGriddle, no egg, that's important, and a sausage and cheese bagel. That's my go-to order since my original go-to order is no longer on the menu, Well, it might be at some McDonald's, but who knows? My OG go-to order was the Canadian bacon, a.k.a. ham and cheese bagel. I have no idea what is in that bagel sauce at McDonald's, but it is divine. I still want to try and eat mostly plant-based, but sometimes you just got to have McDonald's breakfast. So on the last episode, I discussed my disappointment with Jeff Lewis and Denise Richards suggesting that a catering company infuse Denise's dinner with THC without her consent, thereby explaining her bizarre behavior. Well, I was informed by my mom that Jeff has since apologized for the statements, which I think was the right thing to do, and I applaud Jeff. I was also told that his show, I was also told that his show is going to two hours, five days a week. So congratulations to him. That is pretty major. See, he didn't even need me as a listener. He's doing just fine, and I am very happy for his success. Speaking of success, the Grammys aired on Sunday, and they were quite the spectacle. My top three outfits were Victoria Monet in custom Versace, Paris Hilton and Reem Akra, don't know if I'm saying that right, and Taylor Swift and Scaparelli, might be saying that right. The Grammys were in Nashville this year, so I was an hour ahead in Miami, meaning that I didn't watch the whole thing and went right to sleep when Stevie Wonder started singing. It was like a lovely lullaby. Trevor Noah should host every award show, or Tina Fey, and probably Amy Poehler too. He was funny, had good timing, made relevant jokes that were on point, 
He's just a very good host. And he's cute. And he has an accent. There were some big moments this year, and I'm not just talking about Miley Cyrus's big hair. Miley Cyrus won her first Grammy ever for her song, Flowers. I can buy myself flowers. She killed her performance and made several outfit changes throughout the night, all of which were fucking killer. My favorite was the chocolate brown sequin number by Gucci that she wore last with those huge brown feathers. I will say, though, I was not feeling her hair. Loved all five of her outfits, but did not love the hair. I love that she did something different, though. It was like she did an 80s blown-out mullet or something like that. Maybe it was a nod to her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, who famously rocked a business-in-the-front, party-in-the-back hairdo back in the day. Most people on social media have not felt Miley's new hair look, but some people love it and say that big hair is going to make a comeback. I would love for big hair to make a comeback. That would be my time to shine, baby. Madison came over and we watched the red carpet on E! with Laverne Cox and Heather McMahon. Both of the ladies did a fantastic job, but Heather really fucking killed it. I could feel her southernness coming out when she was interviewing people. It was amazing. Heather McMahon went to Ole Miss and I went to Mississippi State. And even though it's two different schools, they're both in Mississippi. So we basically went to the same school. I'm sure a lot of people are like, nah. Those two schools are major rivals. Chill, bro. But truly, Heather McMahon killed it. And I hope this is a regular thing for her. Taylor Swift broke the record and has now won Album of the Year for the fourth time. Something that no one else has ever done. She is having a fucking moment right now. I am so happy for her. And I loved the white Scaparelli dress that she wore with those long black gloves. I would say that Taylor is in her bridal era. So, everyone is up in arms about the speech that Jay-Z made when he accepted the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. The part that appears to have everyone really riled up is when he said, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won Album of the Year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Obviously, he was talking about Beyonce. Last year, Beyonce made history by becoming the first person with the most Grammys ever. She has 29, but Beyonce has never won Album of the Year. I agree with Jay-Z. It's bullshit. Beyonce has been repeatedly snubbed by the Recording Academy. But she's not the only one. DMX, Will Smith, Jay-Z. Tell the Grammys fuck that O for 8 shit. Jay-Z's album 444 was nominated for eight Grammys in 2018, more than any other artist that year, and he went home that night with zero Grammys. Settle Grammys. Is that not also some bullshit? So yes, I agree that it is bullshit that the Recording Academy continues to snub Beyonce year after year when she's putting out a superior product. I'm not saying it's superior to Taylor Swift. I'm saying Beyonce has been robbed for Album of the Year every year that she's been nominated. Now, there was one year that Taylor won Album of the Year over Beyonce, and that was in 2010. That year, Taylor and Beyonce were both up for Album of the Year. 
Taylor for Fearless, and Beyonce for I Am Sasha Fierce. Fucking queen. Fearless was good. It was a very solid album. It had the songs Fearless, White Horse, Forever and Always, Love Story, You Belong With Me. Taylor was just 21 at the time, just a baby. And her songs were reflective of that. I mean, it's like, you wear skirt, short skirts, I wear t-shirts. She's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers. I mean, it's like high school shit, but that's okay. It's very fairy tale, love story kind of shit. But I Am Sasha Fierce had If I Were a Boy, Sweet Dreams, Halo, Diva, Videophone, and the song that changed the game for women everywhere and is still played at every single fucking wedding, Single Ladies Put a Ring on It. When comparing these two bodies of work, I think Beyonce takes it. I'm sorry, T-Swift. I love you, but I think Beyonce was robbed. And not to make matters worse, but similar to what Kanye West said, Beyonce had one of the greatest albums of all time. So yes, I think Beyonce was snubbed in 2010 and Taylor's album was not a better album. But life isn't fair. We don't always win. Cut to 2015, Beck won Album of the Year for his album, Morning Phase, over Beyonce's self-titled album, Beyonce, which I might add, changed the fucking game. I had never listened to Beck, so in preparation for this episode, I perused his album that beat Beyonce in 2015. It was good. I liked it, and it would be something that I would listen to in the future. It's very tranquil. But Beyonce's self-titled album changed the game with that digital drop. World stop. Carry on. Beyonce is the first person ever to release music digitally as a surprise on a random ass Friday. Everyone knew where they were when Beyonce dropped that album as a surprise. She completely revolutionized the music industry with this digital drop. So much so that Harvard Business School did a case study on it. And that's just the manner in which the music was distributed. The music itself and the visuals that were also released were next level with songs like Drunk in Love, Jealous, one of my all-time favorites, Flawless, Partition, XO, Superpower. Yeah, but let's give it to this dude over here. I'm a big music lover of all genres, but I couldn't tell you one of his songs. In 2018, Beyonce produced Lemonade and literally made some lemonade out of fucking lemons. Her Lemonade album famously addressed Jay-Z's affair and beautifully and artfully addressed police brutality issues. I'm not even going to name the songs on Lemonade because every single song was amazing. That was a masterpiece. And it was released to the public as a video album on HBO. So innovative and different than anybody else. But alas, Beyonce lost again 
this time to Adele's album 25, which was a great fucking album, but not better than Lemonade. Even Adele famously said backstage after she won the Grammy over Beyonce, what the fuck does Beyonce have to do to win album of the year? The cultural impact of Lemonade doesn't even touch Adele's album. Cut to the 2023 Grammys, where Beyonce had released Renaissance, which became a cultural phenomenon. I'm not going to bore y'all with more Beyonce, but the album fucking slapped. And also lost to Harry fucking Styles. No shade to Harry, but that is some bullshit. I have never seen a global icon like Beyonce get robbed year after year. I agree with Jay-Z. It is weird that Beyonce, who has the most Grammys of anyone, has never won Album of the Year. Taylor Swift has 14 Grammys, four of which are Album of the Year. Beyonce has more than double the amount of Grammys than T-Swift and none for Album of the Year. The math ain't mathin'. We have receipts, proof, timeline. It's all there. So I'm not mad at Jay-Z for what he said. I like seeing him defend his wife. I like seeing a strong team. And if history is any indicator, he may not get another chance to stand up on that Grammy stage. I think Beyonce knew what Jay-Z was going to say, which is why she wore that cowboy hat. I saw some people saying that Jay-Z was taken away from Taylor's moment, but I don't think so. Taylor Swift is a massive success. Nothing can take away from her accomplishment. It's not like Taylor versus Beyonce. It's the Recording Academy who has the problem. There is space for everyone to exist in this world. Remember who the real enemy is, Katniss. I saw a quote by Blake Lively that I really relate to, which says, When I grew up, women were always pit against one another. It took me until adulthood to see that the instinct for women to lift each other up to their highest potential is the norm, not the exception. It's our job to show younger generations the power in aligning rather than dividing. Those male attorneys who judged my trial ad competition back in law school told me that women compete with each other and that I should dress down so that women jurors wouldn't want to compete with me. That might have been how it used to be, but that is not how it is anymore. Taylor Swift and Beyonce have repeatedly supported each other and lifted each other up. It's also baffling to me how women are dominating basically every industry, well, maybe not law, but most industries and are basically killing it in society, bringing home the bacon, fucking cooking it. But this is not reflected in our government leadership. That is so odd to me. It's only a matter of time, honestly. Oh, and I do not think that Taylor Swift snubbed Celine Dion. I do not like how people hold the winners to such a high standard. I'm sure there's a whole swirl of emotion, so we can't really judge them too hard on how they behave when they get on stage. And I saw that they took a picture together afterwards, which was fine. People need to stop pitting women against each other. The performances that I saw at the Grammys were great. I loved Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, SZA, Dua Lipa, Fantasia did an incredible tribute to Tina Turner. All in all, a good Grammys. It's got a lot of people talking, which I think is the whole goal anyways. 
oh my God, when Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs performed Fast Car for like five minutes, it felt like all was right in the world. It felt like unity and harmony and respecting and honoring seasoned artists was all in the air. I loved it. I saw an article reporting that since the Grammys, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car has reached number one on iTunes. The power is in the people, y'all. I feel like we forget that. Last thing about the Grammys. So, in addition to Album of the Year, Taylor Swift also won Best Pop Vocal Album. When accepting her award, she announced she's releasing a new album on April 19th titled The Tortured Poets Department. Love that. Well, she released the cover art and the track list, and after reading it, I got the feeling that I'm going to really relate to this album. After a little deep dive, the T-Swift streets are saying that these songs are the songs she wrote when she broke up with Joe Alwyn in early 2023. So, the cover art has a little quote on it that says, I love you, it's ruining my life. Um, ouch. Not ouch for Joe Alwyn, ouch for me. There's a side A, B, C, and D, which I'm assuming means for a vinyl record. Side A has four songs, Fortnite featuring Post Malone, The Tortured Poets Department, My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys, interesting, and Down Bad. Side B also has four songs titled So Long London, But Daddy, I Love Him. (laughs) That was funny. Fresh Out the Slammer and Florida featuring Florence and the Machine. Oh, love Florence. Side C has four songs too. Guilty as Sin, Who's Afraid of Little Old Me, I Can Fix Him, No Really, I Can, Whoa, and L-O-M-L, which I'm assuming is an acronym for laughing out motherfucking loud. (laughs) But that could be totally off. Wait, let me look this up because I don't really, that sounds right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It means love of my life. Holy shit, I feel old. Okay. Side D has four songs and a bonus track. I Can Do It With a Broken Heart, The Smallest Man Who Ever Lived, the Alchemy, Clara Bow, and the bonus track, Manuscript. So yeah, some of those tracks hit home for me. I mean, Florida? What are the fucking odds? I'm in Florida right now. Okay, moving on. Y'all, I am such a good neighbor. Okay, so I told you how my neighbor Diego's house had a pretty serious fire. Well, he and his family are staying somewhere else while their house gets repaired but one of their vehicles is still parked at their house. And for some reason, yesterday, it was parked on the other side of the street. Now, in my neighborhood, there are places where cars are allowed to park on the street and areas where it is prohibited. Diego and I live on one side of the street, and on the other side of the street, there is an area where cars aren't allowed to park. So, I was minding my business, working on my podcast preparation, and I see a tow truck drive by my house. And I thought to myself, huh, that's strange. Then all of a sudden, the tow truck does a U-turn around in the street and loops back around in front of my house. I'll admit, I was mainly concerned about myself. Well, really, Madison's car, which is parked directly in front of my house. My car is in the driveway, and her car is parked in the front of the house on the street. 
I was concerned that this tow truck was going to tow Madison's vehicle for some reason, even though it was parked legally. So I look a little closer and I see that the tow truck is not towing Madison's car. I was relieved. Then I noticed that Diego, my neighbor, his car was parked on the other side of the street and the tow truck had his vehicle up on the trailer. I was like, oh no, what do I do? Do I call Diego? Do I go plead with the tow truck person? Should I do anything at all? I decided that I was going to try and appeal to this tow truck person's humanity because Diego's house literally just had a significant fire. But first, I had to go put a bra on. There was no way I could be persuasive with the titties flopping all about. Not during the daytime. So I quickly put on a bra and go outside ready to fight on Diego's behalf. The car is up on the truck, so I knew that I was going to have to act fast. I was like, excuse me. He didn't look up from loading the truck. I was, again, I said, um, excuse me. He still didn't look in my direction. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is just like parking wars. This guy is ignoring me and is going to make a mad dash to the truck and speed off. I turned up the volume a little more and I was like, excuse me. I finally got his attention and he turned around. He apparently couldn't hear me over the truck. I was like, uh, so the owner of the car actually lives here and he and his family just had a terrible fire. So is it at all possible you could not tow his car? And he was like, oh no, I'm not towing it. I'm transporting it to him. I was so relieved because having to deal with a towed car after having a fire would not be okay. It would just not be okay. And I was going to do what I could do to prevent that from happening. Moral of the story, I'm a great neighbor. I got your back, Diego. Do y'all remember how I had a grand plan to cancel Spotify Premium because Tidal was actually superior? But then Tidal didn't have my favorite version of Les Mis? Well, once I got free Spotify, I had the urge to sing my little heart out and listen to Les Mis. So I go to my Spotify app and I go to the album that I have saved and used for many, many, many years and find out that the only way I can listen to it is on shuffle. Um, no, that defeats the whole purpose of an album of a Broadway musical. I have used Spotify since college. And I started out with the free version. Back then, the free version was normal. You just couldn't listen to the songs off of Wi-Fi. Now, you don't even have the option to choose the songs you listen to. It's just sad. It's sad seeing these major corporations do every little thing they can do to disrupt your listening experience to prompt you to pay for premium. I was very disappointed when I realized this. But the thing about me now is that my ass is going to find a way. So I decided to switch up my approach. I started Googling Les Mis 25th anniversary production because that is what I thought the album was called. Turns out I was wrong. I mean, kind of. The 25th anniversary performance was shown on PBS, which is where I watched it, and it's basically the 2010 London cast plus Nick Jonas. Fun fact, Nick Jonas played Marius in Les Mis on Broadway. But the album that I've been listening to on Spotify actually wasn't the 25th anniversary performance. It was the 2010 London cast. 
So I mosey on down to the iTunes store and search again from Les Mis, but this time I type in 2010 instead of 25th anniversary, and boom, the album is available for purchase. I purchased and downloaded the album, and now I have it whenever I want it, and Spotify no longer has power over me. You have no power over me. Man, I love the movie Labyrinth. I impressed myself with my persistence and problem-solving skills. I also had another success with my persistence and problem-solving skills by purchasing tickets to The Sphere in Las Vegas this summer when Dead & Company plays. So Dead & Company is a band with former Grateful Dead members and John Mayer sings lead. They're pretty major and iconic and have been touring around the world for years now. The fans were saying that the last summer was going to be the last run for Dead & Company because the band members are getting up there in age. But then, here comes an article saying that they're playing The Sphere in Las Vegas this summer, and the tickets went on sale last week. Here's the thing about these deadheads. They are loyal as fuck. These shows sell out, like, instantly. My very good friend and her husband, Aaron, and I all decided we were gonna go. Aaron and Natalie are both super into Dead & Company, and it just so happens that there's a show on Aaron's birthday. So, all three of us attempted to get tickets at the same time. We all attempted on our iPhones and on our computers, because the way that these ticket sales work is that you have to get in queue, and you have to wait in line, and once you get to the end of the line, then you're led into the sale, and presumably, you can buy your tickets. Well, that's how it's supposed to work. For many years, I have been someone who thoroughly enjoys purchasing concert tickets that are in high demand. I get a thrill and a rush whenever I'm able to acquire tickets to an in-demand concert. I knew it had been a minute since I purchased some concert tickets, so I was excited to get back in the game. The sale opened up at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and we all jump in on the queue. There's something like 40,000 people in queue just for the specific weekend that we were looking to go to Vegas. Aaron tries to purchase tickets, gets to a page, and the page has just that little circle that just keeps spinning. And it's spinning. And then I get to the page to select tickets and rooms because it was like a package deal. And I get to the page and it just keeps spinning and spinning. Then Aaron gets kicked out. I get kicked out. We all get kicked out. And then we have to get back in line. This process took place for about three fucking hours. I mean, we were all doing stuff separately from buying these concert tickets, but we had to watch and stay in line and get in and get kicked out over the course of three fucking hours. It seemed like there was a glitch in the system because you could get to the page where you could select your rooms. And once you selected your rooms, you couldn't go any further. Well, I decided to change my approach. The tickets were being offered through some like third-party website, like a concierge service type thing, so you could get your tickets and your hotel rooms in the same package. And I saw that the page that I kept getting stuck on had a little icon at the top that said sign up. So in a separate tab, I went to the website for the actual company putting together this promotion. And I signed up on their website for an account. And right when I signed in, all of these events started showing up on the main page. And wouldn't you know it, right fucking there, Dead & Company, for the exact weekend that we wanted. And I was like, no way is this going to be this easy now. 
I click the weekend, there's no lag time at all. I'm thinking there's just a catch. I select my tickets easy peasy, then go directly to the room selection without any delay. I am speeding through the pages like fucking lightning. Then I get to the end where you can actually put in payment information. I had never gotten this far in the three and a half hours that I had been trying to purchase these fucking Dead and Company tickets. I hit purchase and I'm still thinking I'm going to get kicked out or it's not going to go through or I'm going to get a message saying that the show is actually sold out. To my surprise, I get a confirmation page. Just changing up one little thing in my approach, I was able to secure these tickets in less than 10 minutes. I have to tell you, I felt like a fucking genius. Okay, so episode two of Vanderpump Rules aired. And I fell asleep in the middle of it, if that tells you anything. But I was also doing a little night gardening, which makes me a little sleepy. Gardening is a euphemism that the kids use on social media to get around the community guidelines. It means smoking weed. Ariana is pissing me off. Like, do you really think the best use of the LAPD is to come to a disturbance call or noise complaint because your stubborn ass won't move out of the house? And you allow your dog around Tom? No fucking way, y'all. Also, I hope y'all are paying Anne well. Anne needs to be a cast member. She needs to be sitting next to Lisa Vanderpump. Anne better be at the reunion. And Ariana is kind of a fucking dick to Anne. I just feel like Ariana is allowing Tom to hold way too much power over her with his fucking house. Let him buy you out. Ask for a shit ton of money. She's hurt, and I understand that. Her reasoning is like, he broke the house. He just doesn't get to keep it. Um... Maybe he does. What do you care? Maybe he did you a favor. Say thank you next and move the fuck on. Go stay with Lisa Vanderpump. That's what I would have done for sure. Did anyone catch there there are these little commercials? It's like Schwartz and Sandoval do-overs. It's like they go back in time from past Vanderpump Rules seasons and recreate the scene. I thought that was kind of lame. I am happy to see Schwartz sticking up for himself to Sandoval. Him saying, I'm going to do what's best for me, is a major deviation from past years. Good for him. I feel for Sheena and her OCD with her daughter. I feel like every parent experiences intrusive thoughts about your kid's safety. It's really difficult to deal with. It was really difficult to deal with when Madison started driving. It's really funny because when that when she started driving, I the only thing that could bring me comfort was talking to the universe or God or whoever is up there and just being like, you better watch out for her. You better watch out for that baby. Uh, she's in your hands right now. This is you. You're on the clock. That brought me some comfort. I'm very happy for James and Allie in their new house, even if it is by the airport. Okay, Allie said she started her astrology business astrology okay Allie said that she started her astrology business and but I dm'd her in October looking for a reading because her website did not have any appointments well watching Vanderpump for the second time because I fell asleep the first time I tried to book a reading on Allie's websites and there aren't any available appointments for a whole entire year either honey is booked up or not operational which apparently is the same situation with something about her. 
oh my god, I totally would have gone to the emo night. But I'm not really into the screamo shit. Never have been. Ugh, and James telling Tom he needs to grow up was a weird change of pace. And then Tom telling James that he's a narcissist was just laughable. I I can't watch Tom Sandoval, y'all. He's trying to play the victim here, and it's just not working for me. As for the other Bravo shows, Real Housewives of Miami is a little heavy. The ladies are fighting too much, and there are real-life issues being dealt with by everyone, but Lisa and Gertie are really going through it. Ooh, I'm excited to see Adriana perform at Pride in Mexico City dressed in this like fabulous carnival-esque outfit. The ladies seem to be getting along on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, with it, which is a nice change of pace. I also really like seeing Erica surprise the ladies with her vast amount of knowledge. What other shows am I watching? Oh, Potomac. Very excited for the Happy Eddie cannabis line. Let me tell y'all something, though. Do not invite me to a cannabis brand launch party under the guise that I am to partake in a joint rolling class only to show up and learn that we are rolling oregano. I understand that the law had not been changed yet, so it wouldn't have been legal or wise to have weed there, but that is something that needs to be communicated beforehand. Just say no to oregano. So, I'm not sure if y'all have seen this or if you're even experiencing this yourselves, but layoffs seem to be happening in multiple industries. It's kind of funny. Jobs are all like, we are a family until it's time for layoffs. And then it's like, it's not personal. This is just business. For me, everything is personal. Not because I take offense to everything, but because everything is personal because I'm a person. So everything to me, feels personal. There's not some like magical way to not feel personally affected by major life changes. I've been re-watching 30 Rock, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. I love 30 Rock because it makes fun of everyone on all sides of any issue. But there was this one episode where the interns couldn't work overtime anymore, or really they couldn't report that they were working overtime, even though their job required them to work more hours. This change occurred because of budget cuts at NBC due to the recession. I think it was supposed to be in like 2008 or something. Well, the pages go on strike and the head page, Kenneth, gets the check of Jack Donaghy, the executive vice president of the company, and sees how astronomically high his paycheck is. Even though I'm not speaking from experience, I'm fairly certain that all those in executive roles rarely, if ever, take a pay cut or lose their bonus. What has never made sense to me is why business owners profit and benefit when the business is thriving, but if the business gets tight, pass on those losses to the employees and budget cuts are made on an employee level. And those cuts can come in many different ways, like companies not giving their employees raises or bonuses or even laying people off to balance the budget. But from what I'm hearing, the profits continue to soar. I worked at one firm that had a state of the firm address at the beginning of each fiscal year, And every year, the managing partner would report that the firm had a record year in profits. 
And the associates would be like, huh, well then, how come our raises don't keep up with inflation? And how come our bonuses are so small? It didn't make sense. Where was the money going? I think I know where it was going. But that's the way it goes, right? So let this wave of layoffs be a bit of a wake-up call. Don't give these companies all your time because they will not hesitate one bit to let you go. The company you work for does not care about you. Your boss may care about you and your coworkers may care about you, but the company doesn't have feelings and cannot care about you. So you have to look out for yourself. Speaking of looking out for yourself, I'm sure most of y'all saw this. Last week, Elmo from Sesame Street tweeted or X'd. I don't even know what to call it. So Elon Musk changed the name from Twitter to X, but I think changing the name of Twitter was the stupidest fucking thing that Elon Musk has ever done. Because saying the word tweeted is basically a verb now, but what do you say when you post on X? You X somebody? That doesn't make sense. I was watching the news who was reporting the story about Elmo, who said, Elmo posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. It's too confusing. Twitter was good as it was. If it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it. We need Elon Musk to change the name back to Twitter immediately. X was a decent attempt at a rebrand. No, you know what? No, it wasn't. It's not fucking working. Change it. Anyways, Elmo, I'm going to say tweeted. Elmo tweeted, Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? And the trauma dumping that occurred on, I'm just going to call it Twitter too, fuck X. And the trauma dump that occurred on Twitter was enlightening to say the least. One person said, Elmo, I'm depressed and broke. Another person wrote, not great, Elmo, not great. There were better ones out there, but I can't find them again because X is so fucking stupid and difficult to use. It's not intuitive at all. Or maybe I'm elderly when it comes to technology. But I did come across the Drake leak and allow me to say, good for you, sir. Elmo confirmed what we already know. We are not doing great collectively as a society. And if you're out there and you're struggling, know that you are definitely not alone and reach out to me if you ever want some support. 504-224-9919. I cannot wait to see all the Super Bowl commercials and the halftime performance. Despite not loving football, I looked up who was playing in the game. It's the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas Chiefs. Yikes. Cringy name aside, I'm rooting for Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I just want them to win. Not to be cheesy, but this is Taylor Swift's love story. I want her to be able to run down on the field after her boyfriend just won the Super Bowl. There are people everywhere. Excitement is in the air. Colorful confetti fills the air and it's streaming down like snow. Taylor rushes to the field to find Travis. They spot each other and embrace. He's crying. She's crying. I'm crying. And then suddenly... Travis steps back, drops to one knee, pulls out a ring and said, Marry me, Juliet, you'll never have to be alone. I love you and that's all I really know. No, he pulls out a ring 
and proposes to Taylor in front of the whole fucking country. I want that for her, okay? So I had a really good idea when I was getting my nails done the other day. Even though I have a 92-day streak of practicing Espanol on Duolingo, I still cannot really speak sentences, and I really freeze up, which kind of makes it difficult maneuvering about in Miami. I've been trying out different nail places. I've expressed this before that I think the perfect nail shape is between an almond and a stiletto. I've previously gone too far with a stiletto and ended up stabbing my face while trying to blend my makeup. I've also ripped several items of clothing due to my sharp nails. Well, I went to a new place this last time and the girl gave me a fantastic manicure and shaped my nails perfectly without me even explaining what I wanted. And there was honestly no way that I could have explained what I wanted because my nail tech did not speak any English or very little English. We got through it though and we were able to communicate through gestures, but it dawned on me that I could use this time to practice Spanish for real. I think I'm gonna learn how to practice Spanish and how to say a few phrases and ask if she would help me practice a little bit. I think this is genius. I was be like, hey girl, can you help me learn conversational Spanish? Her name is Daenerys, like fucking Khaleesi queen. I feel like this is gonna work out well. Not to be daunting, but this is a scary world that we live in. There is some new shit coming out every day that we have to be aware about. I remember when I was in law school in New Orleans, there was a string of robberies at restaurants. There would be masked people who would enter a restaurant and make everyone put their wallets in a bag. That scared the shit out of me. Plus, one of my favorite things to do in the world is to dine and drink at a restaurant. So as a precaution, I decided to keep a faux wallet in my purse when I would go out so that I could easily give it to someone in the event they tried to rob me. I would even keep like an old expired credit card and maybe a couple dollars in it so it looks legit. I never had to use it thankfully, but I was ready. Now, there is this new thing that we all have to be aware of. Cell phones are being stolen at an increasing rate recently especially in the Miami area. My daughter was at Club Space in Miami last weekend and her cell phone was stolen out of her purse while she was carrying it, presumably on the dance floor. This same thing happened to a few of her friends who were with her. Apparently, it's a thing where people work in groups and will successfully take your cell phone without being detected. Let me tell you something, I have never been so happy to have phone insurance as I was when this incident went down. So, we have AT&T cell phone plans and we have insurance on it. So when this phone was stolen, we made a claim and had to pay a $275 deductible. And a representative from AT&T hand delivered the new phone the very next day and assisted in setting it up, making sure all of Madison's information and data from her previous phone was on this phone. I have never been happier to have cell phone insurance. This insurance is specifically through AT&T and apparently it is something that is kind of new. And I didn't really think about this until Madison's phone was stolen, 
But everything she needs is on that phone because everything at school requires a two-factor authentication with her cell phone. So it's almost like you are extremely disadvantaged if you do not have a cell phone in this day and age. Making the idea of someone stealing your cell phone kind of fucking scary. I'm really going to take that into consideration when I go out next. I'm not quite sure when that will be. There's an arts festival next weekend that I'm considering going to, but who knows. Another scary article that I just read reported that AI scammers stole $26 million by impersonating a company CFO in a video call. $26 million. How is that possible? It is very easy to create AI and impersonate someone else. There were also fake nude AI photos of Taylor Swift that someone made prompting lawmakers in Europe and the U.S. to to propose legislation limiting AI. We need to be really, really cautious this election year with news and stories that we get on the internet. In this day and age, I think that it is just the best practice to assume that no information on the internet is 100% accurate. We already know that outside entities try to influence our elections. It was recently reported that the United States released an intelligence assessment sent to more than 100 countries finding that Russia is using spies, social media, and Russian state-run media to erode public faith in the integrity of democratic elections worldwide. (laughs) We need to keep this shit in mind for this year. Do not believe everything you see or hear, which is my rich bitch tip of the week. We need to have our own filters to the content that we consume. I taught my daughter this years ago. Look at everything you read or see with a skeptical eye. Don't jump to conclusions based on circumstantial evidence. We all have a gut instinct and we all have the ability for critical thinking. So many people out there just believe what they read and see as fact and will fight to the ends of the earth simply by seeing a TikTok video. Be a little more thorough, y'all, especially before making bold statements that you can't back up. We need more people who question the content that they are being fed. Before I go, I want to remind y'all that I'm going to be breaking down Vivian Tu's book, Rich AF on the podcast over several episodes. So if you're interested in reading along, you can get her book on Amazon. I'm not going to start the discussion until after Mardi Gras is over. I think a good chunk of my listeners live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and New Orleans where Mardi Gras is in full fucking swing. I can't introduce money-saving techniques while Mardi Gras is still going on. That would just be pointless. So y'all keep on living it up. Fat Tuesday is next week, then we got Ash Wednesday, and this podcast drops on Thursday, which I guess is also the first day of Lent. Oh wait, no, Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. Anyways, I don't necessarily observe Lent, but I know a lot of people do. That's all we got for episode 23, y'all. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel, and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. Someone send me some king cake. Bye. Yeah.